I'm Angelique Rocher, and this is Marvel's Voices. Walking into San Diego Comic-Con was like walking into a big, embraceable hug of a tribe. It's overwhelming and it's sensory overload, but it's all the things you've ever wanted out of every single fandom you could ever consider. And so you've got people there from cradle to 90 years old who are buying comic books and looking at collectibles and figurines and going to activations and getting an opportunity to see the creatives that create the things they love so much. And it's such an overwhelming experience to know that there are folks in that room that their lives have been changed or touched or impacted or inspired by some other's ability to tell a story. It's just such an enormous amount of energy and inspiration and excitement. I don't know. It's like a roller coaster. It was I needed a whole week of sleep afterwards. I got a chance to sit down with Kat Kavari on the very last day of Comic-Con, and there was just as much excitement in the room on the last day of Comic-Con as there was on the first day. After seeing her in numerous cartoons, because she's not just done Kamala Khan for Marvel Rising, she's done Kamala Khan for several Avengers shows, she's done Kamala Khan uh, on one of the Spider-Man adventures. Like, she's she literally is the voice of Kamala Khan. Before I met Kat, the thing that I loved about her, the thing that I loved about watching her and her husband on her Instagram, the thing that I love about the dress she wore in support of her mother, who is a teacher, uh, she has this duty to self in order to do what's right, to say the things and to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Her excitement and love, not just for being able to play Kamala Khan, not just about being a superhero, but about what Kamala Khan represents. And the fact that Kamala Khan represents women of color, girls of color, Muslim American girls, Muslim girls in general, seeing themselves as a superhero. When I look at Kat, I see Kamala Khan. I see how they attach the character because there are values that they hold near and dear. But also I see a genuineness to who they are and how they move about the space of the world. And I think that she really uses her platform and uses comedy and uses her voice in such a genuine, good, creative way to break stereotypes, to shut down tropes, to change the way we see and to normalize women of color. That's what I really liked about Kat. Marvel Spider-Man features your favorite web-slinger in a story unlike any before. Now a seasoned superhero, Peter Parker has been busy keeping crime off the streets as Spider-Man. Just as he's ready to focus on life as Peter, a new villain threatens New York City. Faced with overwhelming odds and higher stakes, Spider-Man must rise up and be greater. Sony Interactive Entertainment, Marvel, and Insomniac Games present Marvel Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation 4. The Big Apple comes to life as Insomniac's most expansive and interactive world yet. Swing through vibrant neighborhoods and catch breathtaking views of iconic Marvel and Manhattan landmarks. Use the environment to defeat villains with epic takedowns and true blockbuster action. Marvel Spider-Man is coming exclusively to the PlayStation 4 on September 7th, 
other ants in the colony detect that that ant is infected and then will will take it as far away from the colony as possible. See, I love I I love human nature. So the coolest thing besides the fact that you clearly wanted to work for the CDC and save the world and went to school for this. So it's not like you just grew up and said, hey, I want to save the world. No, no, I'm going to get educated. And then you came back and you're like, no, this is not what I want to do. So basically what happened was my parents, my parents, that's what happened. It was my parents that did this to me. They, I had always wanted to act and they were, and I'm an only child. So I listened to what they say. And they were like... And you're first generation? I'm first generation. And... It makes it even more stressful. Which makes it so much more stressful. So much more stressful. And they said, okay, well, why don't you go to college, study something else, and then when you're done with that, you can do whatever you want. That was always the deal. So I was like, okay, in college. I was like, all right, well, I guess I love infectious diseases. And actually, it was more that I was, like, afraid of them. I'm, I'm a very... I'm, I'm a germaphobe. And it was more that I was afraid of infectious diseases. Like, I had to know my enemy. And so I uh, really it was this is a beautiful tactic it, here. It's beautiful. And, and, it, and it worked because actually I'm a lot less I, I'm not prone to panicking off of like a pandemic or anything. I'm just like, no, nah. when, when Ebola was going around, I was like, no, I mean, it's but we're we're going to be. Able, yeah, be exactly. Fine. Yeah. Whereas fine. had I not studied it, I think I would have been so much more panicked. Major panic attacks. Major panic attacks. Because and I knew people that were like texting me like, are we going to be OK? Is this the end? And I was like, well, first of all, if it's the end, then like, what are we going to do? But <laughs> second of all, like, no, it's probably not the end. Um, but yeah, so then I went to undergrad. I studied public health infectious diseases. I took theater classes, loved theater. But then I was like, well, it's not very practical to pursue an acting career. And then... Went straight into my master's in London. Yeah. And while I was getting my master's, my school was right next to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. And my bus would go by there every day on the The universe was like, why aren't you listening to me? It was literally dangling people in front of my face. (laughs) Like, hey, this is the life that you're missing. And I was like, what are you doing? And on top of that, the way the UK was, they would give us really, really great student discounts for theater. So I watched a lot. I went to a lot of theater while I was yeah. in London. It was just like, and it's London too, you know? It's like the heart of, of theater. And so I, I remember calling my mom like while I was living there. And I was just like, mom, I just really, I, it's not going away. And she was like, all right, well, you got your degrees. Come home, do whatever you want to do. So then I came home. I worked in public health. And yeah. then I took acting classes after work, weekends. Uh, and then eventually I quit my job, moved to New York, did some theater there. And then that was that. Well, true story. My parents, although not first generation, were like, hey, we know you want to act and write. And that's really nice. But how about you go to law school? That's how, and that's how I ended up in law school. And up until about, I guess, eight months ago. Oh, recent. I, was, I, was, I wasn't a lawyer. So I, I okay. was a vice president at a foundation. Okay, okay. And I was like, okay, guys, this has been really great. I got to go. I'm not I'm doing this. I'm out. The world, it. the world is a very hard place right now, and I want to make people laugh. Yeah. And so, can we please talk about all of these shorts and the multiple personalities that you're able? Like, they're so funny. Like, Thank how you. did you coming back, deciding you wanted to act, and then you just decided, well, I'm just going to do this myself. I think this is going to be something funny that I'm going to do, and I wanna, I wanna do this. Uh, so it was bred out of a frustration from having representation in New York that like just didn't get it. And I would be like, listen, I don't, they kept sending me out for terrorist roles. They kept, they kept pushing that. And you consider yourself Iranian American. I'm Iranian American. Yes. But True I'm not a story. Terrorist. I studied Farsi. Don't did ask you? Me. I did. 
I was so, uh, when I was in DC. I did immersion classes uh, and took uh, some Farsi, very little, like kindergarten level Farsi. I feel you. Give me uh, one word. Give me one word. Mahrubam. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, That's very. I cool. really wanted to learn. I really wanted to learn another language, and I decided to take Farsi. And it's such, it's such a beautiful language. It it is it is a very like descriptive language too. Like he yeah. was trying to my husband was trying to learn a little bit too, and he'll like break down certain words for me like why do you say this like this but it's also there can be some inherent like any language there's some inherent bias and, and sometimes sexism in, in, in the language too which I the way you say we got very sidetracked here but the way you say did someone get married you, like you say it different like did, did he did he get married or did she get married so if it's, it's did he get married you say zangerift which means did he get a woman yeah if if but for a woman you say Shoharkat, uh, which is, or Shoharkat, it's like, did she, did she do a man? And so one time I accidentally, I was talking to somebody in Farsi and I was like, oh, Zankat, which means, did he do a woman? And they're like, ah, that's hilarious. That's not how you say it. And I'm like, but you say it the other way for, how is there the double standard in the language? And it's not, so yes, that's, that's I mean, it's real, Farsi. but that really it's goes a, yeah. back to what you were saying, which is this idea of representation. Yes. This idea, because representation, when you look at it, it's one of the reasons I stopped pursuing acting. And yep. my mom was like, go to law school. I was a little bit thicker, and which there's nothing wrong with being thicker. We, we are horrible not. people in this country, and body dysmorphia is a real thing. Absolutely. And there, I kept getting typecast. And I remember talking to a director, and the funny thing is, everybody else in this cast ended up being like part of the guild, but me. I went to law school. <laughs> and... He was like, the two best people we had auditioned for the roles were both thicker black women, and I could only cast one thick black woman That's in the show. Ridiculous. And I think he slipped because he was trying to teach me something about right. aesthetics and stage. Right. And didn't realize that what he was really saying to me is, because at the time I was like, I had lost a lot of weight by the time. I was like a size 12, but I'd come down from a size 20. And so for me, I was like, okay wow, this is really interesting that that was the reason yeah. you decided not to cast this really talented woman in a part. That happens so often. And that's, that's like, that is the most disheartening thing about the whole thing is that so much of it is out of your control. Some of it, so much of it is like aesthetics or what they want the aesthetics to be. And it has nothing to do with, and, and that's, and it's extremely frustrating, which is why I had, I had gotten frustrated from, well, you know, they're like, you're a brown girl, you are from the Middle East, and you can only play terrorists. And it was just like, no, that's not, you can't reduce people, especially like, I feel like, especially in the arts, like, the whole point of the arts is to, to expand and, and to explore and to see people in different ways and not to have like the same characters over and over and over again. That's not, that's not good art. That's boring. And so it was just like, no, I want to I want to play a character that's Irish. I want to play a character that has a Scottish accent. I want to and also like what is an accent? Like what what is what is an Irish person? What is a Today, like there are Iranian Scottish people. There are black Scottish people. Like it's just I it doesn't make sense to me that we w- wouldn't have that. We wouldn't see that. Yeah. Um and so so I had written this short. I played the, a bunch of characters and then I put it out there and I pushed it. I didn't just put it out there. I pushed it. And for the listeners, um, what was the name of the short? It's called Brain of Terror. And it's on YouTube. And then it went semi-viral. And then I uh, used that as, like, leverage to get new representation. And the first thing I told them, I was just like, I'm not playing a terrorist. Like, that's just not happening. Well, and I think the crazy thing about it is 
now you're playing the superhero and you're playing and, yes. and, and the superhero that was created specifically to change the paradigm to expand this idea because you know we say at Marvel you're more than the fan and that Marvel really reflects when you go to New York and Marvel it's really New York when you go to Marvel's LA it's really LA when you're in Marvel's Cloak and Dagger and you're in New Orleans it's filmed in New, New Orleans. Orleans like they add in this aspect I'm from Louisiana so I'm a mm-hmm. total dork on this mm-hmm. it's like they add this aspect of Mardi Gras Indians and so it only makes sense that when you create a character like an America Chavez or you create a character like Silk you create a character like Kamala Khan that the thing I love most about all of it is that she's got a family she's yeah. got real teenage problems she's got real teenage crushes she's got you know real one of my favorites, and I believe it was uh, Avengers Assemble Secret Wars, where she walks into the Avengers Academy mm-hmm. um, and she gets so freaked out because yeah. she sees all of her heroes mm-hmm. like totally like, oh, no, I can't, do, I, this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. I'm not I'm not supposed to be here. And I was like, wow, I really relate to that. The, like the first time I watched into Marvel, I was like, what am I doing here? Oh, yeah. That was like every acting job I got. <laughs> I was just like, I, I don't, I think, I literally, I did a thing with uh, with Christopher Guest. Yeah. It was a commercial. And after he cast me, I was like, I think he might have made a mistake. <laughs> I actually said that to one of the one of my co-stars. I was like, I just, I just feel like Chris is made a sure? mistake. Is he sure? Is, this uh, what he is, he, is he sure that I, I don't, and he was like, Chris doesn't make mistakes. I was like, well, today might be the day that he did because I don't think I'm cut out for this. I like went to my altar. Yes, I have an altar. I went to my altar. I collapsed. At the alt, I was the most dramatic thing you would have ever. I turned into a ball and started crying. I was like, "Oh God, what have I gotten myself into?" But yeah, so I super relate to Kamala in that <laughs> sense because I'm just like, I loved Christopher Guest growing yeah. up. So, which is really so, it's really interesting to me that you say that because it's this idea of the things we love. But you literally are you are the voice of Ms. Marvel. Yeah, like, and I'm. How does that feel? Um, it's it feel honestly it. It it almost feels like divine. It feels like it was meant to be for me. I she she gives me she gives me a lot of power. It's almost like when I see you and Sana uh, Sana Amanath who helped create Kamala Khan, and Who's like awesome. it's like I'm like oh yeah, it's Kamala, not because and it's its personality. Like literally, just understanding the story and the personality and the love that's gone into it. But you get to carry that across a number of different shows. Yes, and I've been blessed that they keep asking me back. Like, it's, it's a huge, it, it's just a huge honor and a blessing to me. And it, it doesn't feel like, when I'm out there promoting Kamala, it's like, I would literally, I would, I would do this even if I wasn't, even if I wasn't her, because I believe in her as a character. I believe in the importance of Kamala as, as a character. And um, I just think it's so great that Sana and Willow created her and are pushing or pushing her out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think I think a lot of uh, brown girls and just, like, people see themselves in her because it's, she's got a lot of relatable qualities. Yeah. And, I mean, aside from the fact that, like, you know, I'm brown Muslim, you know, there's all that. But then I relate to her, how she loves her family and, and respects them and wants to make them proud, but also is, like, trying to struggle with her being a first generation and, like, the two cultures. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's obsessed. She's She loves New Jersey. 
Yeah. Um, Jersey City. She she reps Jersey City. I rep Oakland. Like I feel her on on that. There's there's certain there's certain things that she does that I'm like, yeah, no, that's I do. Kamala Khan, Catherine Kavari. Like there's just uh, yeah, got the KK. There so I, I I relate to her in a lot of ways, and I and I love her, and I I go hard for her, and yeah. I hope to always be able to uh, carry a carry a torch for her. And she's gonna have a really big uh, part in the new show, Marvel Rising. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then we're gonna have. We're going to have Kamala on TV. We're going to have Kamala on TV. And With then, a bunch of other really cool mm, superheroes like really Quake story. and Squirrel Girl and Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm really excited. Yeah. I, don't, I can't, I don't know if you can tell how excited I am. I, I think it's really heartwarming how exciting, how excited you are because it's yeah. just like, yes, we're doing this and people are excited to see it. Well, I'm actually, I see myself in Squirrel Girl. Like my nickname mm. as a kid was uh, Squirrel. Really? Yeah. Why? Why was your nickname Squirrel? So my grandfather built our house. And when he built our house, he put this big oak tree in the backyard. Mm. And as the oak tree got bigger and I got older, because they moved in the house right after I was born, it started drooping over the chimney. Mm-hmm. And eventually, people would forget to close the chimney. Mm-hmm. Well, Squirrel got in the chute, <gasps> got in the house, started ransacking. Oh my God. Squirrel went down the curtains. It was burying acorns. It was oh, going through anything it was that had acorns. It, anything that had dirt that squirrel was going for, because when it came down, oh everything else came down. <laughs> After that, anytime something happened at the house, squirrel did it. So eventually, my mom was like, "Okay, squirrel. Sure, the squirrel did it. Great." And then the nickname stuck, you and suddenly I was squirrel. That was clever. You just. Blame it on the squirrel, huh? Yeah. Stuff is under my bed. Squirrel, squirrel did, did it. it. <laughs> That's amazing. So Squirrel Girl is your girl. She's my jam. Doreen, yeah. it's my jam. She's amazing. And Milana's fantastic as Squirrel Girl. She's just like so funny and and she's just the the bond between Squirrel Girl and Ms. Marvel is so special and so sweet and it's just they're goofy. They're 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 great together. They're it's they're what you would want in in a friendship. I'm really excited about it and I'm really excited to see how how it's playing out here versus how it's playing out in the comic book. Mm-hmm. Cuz like in the comic book there's like there's this moment where both of them keep showing up in the same space. Part. Okay, yeah. But here it's like automatically like we're teaming up it's so great yeah. and I could see it y'all did a stage event uh, that Laureen Sink who is from mm-hmm. Earth's Mightiest Show and Marvel Minute and I uh, hosted and it was just even standing between you I could feel the, the chumminess energy. yeah I was just like oh because Milana's also just like a wonderful person we, ha- we, sh- we have the same values she's very she's very active and 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 conscious of of injustices and really tries to be active in combating those injustices in her real life and so I think we just mesh together very very well yeah. right off the bat and she's just hilarious too she's just like a funny she's person funny. she's super funny other question I wanted to ask yeah you know as you're playing Kamala as you're doing this work what inspiration kind of have you been able to bring to the role of Kamala like I really feel like when I meet you now, I'm like, oh, I'm talking to Kamala. Like, it's this lighthearted, really hopeful, really amazing kind of personality and energy that makes people want to know you and talk to you and be nice to you. How did you prep for, like, bringing her to life? I 
relate to her in a lot of ways in that she is excited to be where she is. And because I had this background of having like a completely different life, I think being able to do what I'd always wanted to do and at least pursuing it, pursuing this this childhood dream. I had a childhood dream just like Kamala did. And then now I'm I'm living it. And she is too. And so it's not difficult for me to be excited about where I am. I mean, there are times where I have to remind myself just because, you know, like anything else, it gets a little bit like hard and there's doubt and all that stuff. But it's also like a very blessed existence. And um, and I, I believe in the magic of the universe. I'm not I'm not like a very I'm not like a really religious person. I'm not I, I don't know what's what's happening out there for me personally, but I, I believe in in a magic in the universe. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but it's enough for me to still see some hope along the way. Yeah. And um, and also at the same time, and this is going to sound dire, but for me this works. For some people it makes them it makes them panic. But for me knowing that like we're all going to be dead in 100 years, <laughs> well except for the babies maybe. But knowing that this whole it's going to be gone makes me want to embrace the human experience that I'm having right now before I like return to becoming atoms floating around or become a tree or whatever. It's well, and I think that I, I've, I've had a chance that I, I love following people's socials when somebody has their social prep for them and when somebody's really living their best life. And I love you and your husband <laughs> on your Instagram. Thanks. Like I love seeing you really speak out and use your voice. And I think that's the second part of the question. It's like when you look at this idea of you have such a powerful voice, and I'm going to ask it, this dress, this dress is everything to me. Thank like, you. so you wore a dress that was like, and I'm going to paraphrase, your mom is a teacher and she is, she's Iranian and she's a Muslim and she's a school teacher. And what it says is this is an everyday thing. And I, I really admire the fact that you use your voice because you don't have to. What inspires you to do that? Um... I, I think about this sometimes, too, because there are times where I have to reel it in just because I get so angry about things. And I'm like, I'm going to go on a rant now. And then I have to be like, wait, I, I, let me just hold on a second. Let me take a breath. I think a big part of it is where I grew up. I grew up in Oakland. And Oakland is, you don't even realize that this idea of social justice. The first protest I went to, I was like, I don't know, like 12 and that's not rare for someone from the Bay, especially someone from Oakland. And, you know, I, I went to a school that was outside of my, my district, and it was in, like, the nicer area, the, 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 I guess, also wider area. But it still was one-third, it was still one-third black. And it was still, we still learned lift every voice in yes. school. We still, we learned how to sing that. All these little white kids singing with every, and knowing what the background is. We still had the Martin Luther King Jr. Oratorical Fest that we all, that everybody participated in. Um, and so I think the culture of, of Oakland and they're very, we're very passionate people and we really, really do want to fight for, for social justice. I mean, you see it now with a lot of the gentrification that's happening there. People come together to, to really stand for for not changing a lot of what Oakland is, which is this beautiful culture of, of a mix of people. Um, and I, I really think that influenced me whether or not I realized it until I got to this point. 
because mm. we learn so much about that. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, it's just uh, the stories of, of heroes. When I was growing up, I, I won third place in the Martin Luther King Oratorical Fest. I see you. I and, see you. Um, and, and, you know, those ideas, I remember we learned about slavery early on. We learned about racism early on. And to me, that was just appalling as a child. I just remember being a kid and being like, that is terrible. Like, how could that have happened? And and if, if that was me, I would... I would I would fight I would fight until until I couldn't anymore, and now that like we're in this crazy time, it's like if you're not if you're not standing for something I just feel like I feel like you're doing an injustice not only to yourself and the world but just like to humanity like it's just it's not it's not it's not right and it's it's on all of us to stand up and not be afraid to do what we know deep down is right. Even if there's laws that are saying, no, you are not supposed to gather. No, you're not supposed to protest. No, you're not supposed to disrupt. It's, you have to, because that's the only time anything ever gets done. And I think, I think really Oakland was a big part of that. And on top of that, just my parents, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about my parents and I'm passionate about people not judging them. And right now there's a Muslim ban. And I, you know, when I wore that dress, it was like, if that Muslim ban had been implemented, Iranians already can't, it was already hard for them to get a visa to come to this country. It wasn't like it was easy before. And it's like, if this was 30 whatever years ago, it would, I, I would not be here today because they couldn't come. And what do my parents do? My mom is a teacher. My mom's a school teacher. She's giving back to this community. She's, she's been working hard this whole time. My dad too, but my mom's a school teacher. She's teaching American children. And, 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 and she has dealt with so much crap along the way because our yeah. education system is so flawed. She's always the threat of, like, getting laid off and not having enough money for the school district. And it's like, this woman has put her everything for the past 30-something years into this society. For you to then turn around and be like, oh, well, you and your people are a danger. It's just, it's, it's horrible. But I think that's why it's so important for us to have superheroes that are changing the paradigm, right? And for me, like Monica Rambeau or Storm or having Shuri, but also the superheroes behind it, right? Yeah. When you look at Asana Amanath or Aji Willowens, like when you look at all these amazing folks who are working so hard to bring stories to the forefront, it means such a difference. And like your story makes a difference on how you tell that story because you can't separate it. You can't. So... Quick fire question. Oh, God, I'm so bad at quick fire, but okay. No, it's just about you. It's okay. totally fine. Okay, okay. All right, so we already know what your favorite book is. Uh-huh. What's on your iPod? Um, I'm really on my 21 Savage radio right now. <laughs> That's, like, kind of on, like, a constant. Just because, like, his voice is very soothing, and I, I, I enjoy trap music. Um, so that's... <laughs> You can't see me laughing, but I am laughing because everybody enjoys trap music yes, just a little bit. They do. But yeah, that's usually what, what I end up playing mostly in my car. It just makes me happy. It just it uplifts me. All right, what are you watching? Because clearly you're a TV head. I, yeah, I mean, I'm watching Westworld. I love Game of Thrones. I mean, who doesn't love Game of Thrones? Peaky Blinders is one of my favorite shows of all time. I love Peaky Blinders so much that when I when when the season is over, 
I um, I can't watch anything else. I'm just like, I don't want to watch anything because nothing's going to compare to how great you this show sad. is. feel sad. I'm sad. You I'm feel sad. empty. I'm depressed. Yeah. Uh, and I also watch it with subtitles because I don't understand what they're saying. If you had a superpower, what would it be? I want to be invisible. I want to be invisible and then do damage. <laughs> I just want to get caught. That's the main thing. I don't want anyone to know who's doing it. There's a lot that I want to do with my invisibility. Like, I just want to go around hurting the people that should be hurt and rescuing the people that should be rescued and no one and no one would ever know who it was so I will never get caught. It's not that I don't want the recognition for like the great work you that still I'm doing. Get caught. I just don't want to get caught. What is your superpower? Um, my superpower I think is um, probably my passion for things. I think my passion for whatever it is that I'm into whether it's like performing or you know, speaking out about something or just my, my relationships with my friends and my family. It makes everything better. It just makes life better. What are you most looking forward to with the release of Marvel Rising? Um, I'm, I'm most looking forward to Kamala. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited that we're going to be able to see her background and her, her family, and that's coming into this world, which we really haven't seen much of. Uh, and to me, that's really special because that's what makes Kamala who she is. Um, and also just, you know, these team-ups. The idea, what I love about Marvel is that it's this thing of our differences should be celebrated. They should not be feared. And there's, there's a lot of that theme running through the whole, the whole series, really, is that Fear can hold us back from understanding one another. And, you know, if we just try to not be fearful and really get each other, then things work out in, in, in a better way, ultimately. You're amazing. Thank you. You're amazing. I also love the fact that your husband is dressed as Kamala Khan. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's, <laughs> that's what love looks he's like. in a corner is dressed as Kamala right now. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's Thank you, dude. That thank was awesome. you. And thank you for. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's, you know, part of what's happening here. Part of life. Part of life. When you watch animated shows, and I love animated shows, like, look, I am a DuckTales watching, Animaniacs loving, Rocket and Groot connoisseur. But the thing about Marvel Rising is that every single one of the characters is so different and so cool and so unique and they have their weaknesses and they have their strengths and they have their quirks but the thing about Marvel Rising that's really cool is that I think almost anyone could see themselves in it no matter your background your race your religion geographically where you're from how quirky you are if you love video games if you love music you can literally see yourself in the show like it's just it's a really good show I think the thing that I, I left Kat Kavari's interview with was this sincere feeling of gratitude that you can have towards the people who impact your life. Whether it's someone you work with, whether it is um, something they have done or who they are. And I think that's the really unique thing about Kat is that she not only is appreciative for what people do, what people provide, who people are on the team, but she is genuinely appreciative 
of people's existence in the world and what they give back by simply being. And that's such a beautiful way to look at the world. And there's one thing that she said, and for many people, I think it's scary. And she even prefaces this this way. She knows that in 100 years, she won't be here. And for her, that's not a scary thing. It motivates her to live every single day in the best way she possibly can live. Doing the best thing she possibly can do and giving as much as she possibly can in this life right now at this moment. And she says it's comforting. She knows that in in the hundred years, all of this won't matter. And it's such a beautiful way to approach life um, and it's such a humble way to approach life. And for someone so talented uh, who has who has done so much, it only makes you smile, makes you hopeful. I'll see you next time.